0: This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank right. you. Yeah, I'm Todd, with you. I'm Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us to the podcast once again today, as he does on these Wednesdays. Sean uh, Bolson uh, joining us. Uh, we're both here in Wilmer for a change. Uh, Sometimes Sean is traveling. I'm spending time uh, more in. North Dakota, uh, but uh, uh, we're both on the phone in Wilmer today, Sean, and while you got a chance to see the Wild in person the other night, they are really playing well, and Matt Boldy is developing into a star.
1: He is, uh, and you know, he's he's been good for the time he's been up. I don't know that we knew how good he was going to get. We shot glimpses, and then this last stretch when Kaprizov has gone out, and you know we brought Johansson in, and Johansson and Eck have really complimented Boldy, and you know they're they're getting the puck to him in the right spots and he's just burying. I mean, 28 goals on the year. It's an incredible number and uh, looks really good. And it's it's just really fun to see the team. You know, go what 15-1 and four, I believe, in their last 20. Yeah. Um, you know, and Caprice has been out for nine or ten of those. So really exciting to see. Uh, Flurry looked really good the other night on his angles, very controlled. Um, you know, it was an all-around effort. Little 5-1 win against uh, the Kraken, which potentially could be one of our first-round uh, matchups.
0: Yeah, that's right, and, and there's there's a few yet. I mean, gosh, the Wild have 94 yep. points and then the two closest teams behind them uh, have 95, and then Colorado and Dallas each have 94. So those top three spots in the Central Division are are wide open. Uh, obviously, yeah. to win the division would be best for the Wild. That would give them a better, a more favorable matchup.
1: It would in our next two games are against Colorado and Vegas, so um, yeah. and it, actually our next three games are against Colorado, Vegas, and Vegas, a home and away with Vegas. So um going to be a really important stretch. You know, you play so well and you get yourself in first place, and all of a sudden when it's this tight and you play those teams that many times, you know, if you have an off weekend, it can flip it and you can go to first first to third in a heartbeat. So yeah. the, the little the, – the home stretch here is going to be very important in, uh, you know, getting us to a spot where hopefully we can get a matchup, you know, the more the, – the teams that don't – I think I would want to avoid um, Colorado one, Vegas, Dallas two. You know, I mean, anybody but those in the first round. I'd like so um, we, we control our own destiny with this little stretch playing these teams, seeing how it's going to shake out. So yeah, uh, it will be exciting to watch.
0: Yeah, right now I think if I'm reading this right, it would be Winnipeg. Yeah, it would be their yep. opening round matchup. Uh, as the number two seed, the Wild would be right now if the playoffs began. Uh, you know, before tonight's game, they don't, of course. The Wild have eight games left. Colorado does have a game in hand. They have nine games remaining, so uh, maybe a little advantage for them uh, with having that extra game. Uh, hey, what was the atmosphere like then at the game the other night? Must have been pretty wild in there.
1: It was. It was. I uh, uh, r- really enjoy Wild atmosphere. We got there, uh, you know, ten minutes before puck drop, and it was. You know, it's always exciting, but you can feel the crowd really getting into it as they know where we are, you know, down the stretch. Here we come. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you go to a horse race, you have the big old lap. Well, now we're making the stretch, and that's when everybody gets up and starts cheering. Minnesota fans do that all year long anyway. I think it just intensifies a little bit. It was exciting, and obviously when Boldy scored the third of his hat trick, the place went nuts. The place did go nuts a couple times for Flurry. Uh, making some great saves, too. So it was an all-around great team effort. anything you can come out 5-1 to one with a team that's on the border making the playoffs and look that dominant, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Boldy drafted 12th in the first round
0: by the Wild back in 19. He just signed a big contract uh, extension with them uh, back in March of last year. So, you know, he's under contract. D- did they anticipate seeing this from Boldy? I mean, he looks like you know, he's a potential 40-goal scorer here before long.
1: Right, you know, when it was him and and Rossi were the two they were looking at, trying to figure out who was going to come up and make some noise. Well, Rossi lasted a while, and he's been sent back down. Boldy's just taken off, so um, I think they hoped he would do this, but, I mean, other than uh, Trevor Zegers and and Jack Hughes in that draft class, I mean, Boldy's having as much success as anybody. And uh, so, I think it is, yes, we can say we scouted and we liked and we made a good decision, but even these numbers in yeah. the second year with 28 goals with, you know, 8, 10 games left, that's pretty impressive. I yeah. don't think anybody would have guessed that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he really has taken off. And he went through kind of a long slump in goal scoring this year. The interesting thing has been when Everson talks about him, he says, "Oh, well, he's starting to figure it out, that he's a goal scorer. He needs to shoot the puck. It's kind of like... He was a young guy. He wanted to defer to others. Well, sometimes, you know, he's trying not to be a selfish player, but sometimes it's being selfish by not doing what your role is, which for him is shoot the puck on net and score some goals.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he did defer uh, a lot. And then they talked about on the post game, Everson talked about how he just really worked on him sh- Every time he shoots the puck, he shoots as hard as he can, Yeah, you know, uh, just really focusing on it. And, you know, he had three beautiful goals. These weren't cheap goals at all. I mean, these were three absolute beauties. He picked a corner on two of them, picked a pipe on one. So, yeah, fun to see him continue to grow as a person. Obviously, he's 22 years old, which makes it even more fun because you'd think with uh, a, a guy like him, a guy like Kaprizov and the pieces around him, as we've continued to navigate through this salary cap uh, struggle with the buyouts of Parisi and Suter. We've put together a pretty competitive team. So, um, you know, with decisions Garen has made, being a bit handcuffed on the money, you know, you just you got to be excited about where we're at, and then you got to think about, hey, once we aren't handcuffed, just think what he can do with this. So, uh, you know, I, with goaltending where it is, and us starting to score goals again, um, you know, I look forward to the playoffs. Early in the year, we talked; I wasn't overly optimistic mm-hmm. because. I didn't think we had gotten that much better. We we got rid of Fiala. We didn't have anybody to take scoring. You know, Boldy stepped up and done it, and our goaltenders are playing better. So I think we could have something to look forward to here in the postseason.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And the amazing thing is they've continued to play so well, despite Kaprizov being out and injured, and they aren't giving any timeline at all on Kaprizov? It smells like it could definitely be the rest of the regular season that he might go. Out, but who knows? Uh, they're, they're very Correct. secretive about injuries uh, in the NHL. But they have continued to play really well despite not having their star in Kaprizov.
1: Yeah, and as you you see, other guys look around and go, "Hey, you know, this is where we're at as a team. We want to keep this going." You know, is there a little extra motivation? People not standing around watches as much because it seemed like in wins. We could, uh, you know, score one goal and be in the third period, and we just knew at some point Kaprizov was going to break loose. You wonder if some of the team just gets a little starstruck and and subconsciously stands around and watches knowing he's going to bail us out, and now that's gone, and and, the attitude has changed a little bit, and I think we have a little more of a yeoman's effort from everybody. And so what I look forward to is if we can continue this effort from everyone and then add Kaprizov back, you know, it's got some exciting possibilities on it.
0: It seems as though Garen has tried to to get the team to be a little bigger, a little more physical, uh, as well as trying to find goal scores, but everybody's always looking for that. Because as we've seen uh, in years past, sometimes the Wild get out-muscled once they get to the postseason. We saw Winnipeg do it in the playoffs. We've seen Colorado do it. But uh, are the Wild big enough, uh, tough enough to stand in front of the goal and score those those dirty goals in the playoffs that they'll need?
1: Well, you know, we'll see. You know, we brought in you know, some of what you call muscle, but we're, we're pretty good. set. you have Felino, you know, obviously mm-hmm. Boldy's not a little kid either. He's not afraid to get in the dirty areas. Um, you know, you have Reeves, we have a good size D on the back end. You know, we have a couple smaller ones, Spurgeon and such, but um, you know, I think we're a, I think we, we're not a big, heavy fighting team, which I don't think you need. You just need to be big enough and strong enough to be able to hold your own in those tough areas. And, you know, I think we have some really good pieces that uh, can do that. So, You know, until you're put in that situation, I don't think you're ever going to be able to give the exact answer on yes, we're we're ready. But you know, I think we're some we're battle tested and we're in a better spot than we have been in previous years in that area.
0: That's for sure. What a big game tonight against Colorado. I mean, seriously, this game has the potential to determine which of those finishes ahead of the others in the standings at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, these next three games. If you think Colorado, Vegas, Vegas, yeah. I mean, if you can get two out of three, you've kind of set your destiny. And so, I, I mean, it, it is huge. You know, you talk about, well, 82 games. This game tonight, by far the biggest game of the year.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And and Colorado, a good team. How have we done against them this year so far? Do you know?
1: Uh, No, I don't have the exact record. I yeah. call, I was paying attention the other night when I was driving home from the game on Monday. They went out. It was 1-1 one, one after 1 against Anaheim. Uh, They end up getting the win. Colorado has, you know, started slow. Landeskog, their captain, he still isn't back. They do expect him back by playoff time. Uh. But you have McCarr on the back end, and you have McKinnon up front, and you know those are two of the best at their position in the world. So um, they definitely have some. uh, you know, they, they, they have a lot of pieces it's coming off the Stanley Cup. They have some confidence. They know it. They've been there. So uh, it would be a big statement for the Wild could go there and get this one tonight. Yeah, no doubt. A
0: huge game. Uh, a similarly big game for playoff implications for the Timberwolves tonight as they take on the Phoenix Suns there in Arizona. Phoenix is fourth in the West right now, but the Timberwolves are only a game and a half behind them uh, in right. the standings. So, I mean, the Timberwolves could still finish fourth in the Western Conference Uh, It hasn't looked like that good a team to me for much of the year until lately. Uh, They've really played much better. Towns has uh, integrated himself back into the lineup fairly smoothly. Uh, He and Gobert appear to be able to function together. But it's some of the other guys that have really made a difference. Like like Nas Reed has made a huge difference coming off the bench for 23 uh, the other night. This is a deep Timberwolves roster. You know, I always focus on the stars. That's what we do. We look at the guys who are scoring 20-plus points a game. But they, But they've really added some pieces. They have a pretty deep roster right now.
1: They have, and, you know, I watched the game on TV when they beat Golden State the Mm -hmm. other night. Nas Reed was huge in the second half. And then uh, I I took Andy Jacobson and his wife. They were part of the group I took down to the uh, um, suite on Monday night. Mm. And so everybody else in the car was sleeping, and Andy and I (laughs) uh, were listening to the uh, T-Wolves because they were at Sacramento. Yeah. And we were listening, and then Andy, you know, I, I'm not as big of a fan, and he was telling you know, Sacramento was the number one scoring team in the entire NBA, mm-hmm. which I did not know. Yep. And, you know, we really hung with them and ended up getting that win. Just absolutely huge to yeah. uh, to get these wins. And those are two games in the past. You know, you said to me before, well, the T-Bulls could get into the sixth spot. And I'm like, well, they could, but when we play really good teams on the West Coast towards the end of the year, We never win. I know. You know, we don't go into games. and be. Golden State's been mediocre the whole year. Well, you expect them to turn it up at the end of the year. Those are games we don't win. So getting a win at Golden State and at Sacramento this close to the end of the season was pretty impressive.
0: Boy, it it really has been. And then you throw in Phoenix tonight, and that could catapult them into that. Again, Golden State won last night, so they're back in the sixth spot, and the Wolves are in the seventh spot. But uh, I think the Timberwolves have the tiebreaker advantage on Golden State right now. I know they have it against the Clippers, who are only a game and a half there in the five spot uh, in the West. I'm not sure how it would work with Phoenix. If the wolves had beat them tonight, they would have each won two against each other, so then it would go to um, the conference best overall conference record. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I've been impressed. The Timberwolves' defense against Golden State at the end of the game uh, the other night was what won the game for them. I I can't recall the last time I said it was the Timberwolves' defense that won a game.
1: No, because I mean they've been you know notorious for giving up you know 130 a game. Yeah, Uh, it it was impressive. Um, do you know tonight? I haven't paid attention to Phoenix. I know that Durant was making this big thing. And then he got hurt in warmups. Is yep. he almost back or not back?
0: They're saying he's back tonight. Now uh, we'll see yes. if if he's gonna. We'll see uh, that the reports are uh, that Kevin Durant will be back in the lineup tonight. Not good news for the Timberwolves. I
1: mean, they no, you know. He he's killed us in the past. Yeah. Um. And and are they? They're fighting for a four, which would yep. which would be uh, home court.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, and they're only half a game ahead of the Clippers uh, for that four right. spot. So they have
1: a lot to play they,
0: for. So they it'll do. be
1: if the Wolves could snag this one, boy, that'd be huge. But if you have Durant coming back, you have them fighting to uh, stay ahead of you know LA for the uh, uh, home court advantage. Yep. Uh, I think you're going to get a pretty pretty uh, substantial effort from them tonight. Yeah.
0: So I was talking with Sue Ann yesterday, and uh, I asked him who he thought was the best first-round matchup uh, for the Timberwolves in the opening round of the playoffs, and he thought it was Sacramento uh, because of their young team and and uh, the fact that they don't play any defense. Yes, they're the number one scoring offense in the NBA, but they allow like the fourth-most or fifth-most points so they can be scored against, and And he felt like that might be the better matchup because of the youth uh, that they have uh, leading their team, as opposed to the Suns, who have all the veterans, uh, uh, you know, the Clippers, who have, you know, George and Kawhi Leonard and and uh, those guys that are playoff uh, battle-tested as well. And he just, you know, I, I, I couldn't really disagree. I, so if they get the sixth spot, because Sacramento's not going to drop, prob- they're, they're probably stuck in third. So that sixth spot sure. would be fine for the Timberwolves. They don't
1: really need to get up into that 4-5 or five spot. Yeah and you know you look at the T-Wolves roster although we don't have a bunch of people with a bunch of rings yeah. we we aren't a crazy young team anymore. Right. You know we we our guys we have a lot of guys that have been in the league 4 to 8 years, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. And, right. and and so you know some of them had some, have had playoff, you know, flavor before, playoff experience before. Um but yeah, I I just think um Playing at the, I didn't expect them to be playing at the level they are right now. Right. If Bear and Towns and you know Reed and everybody can figure out, hey, how are we going to do this to you know implement everybody back in and we can do it successfully? I mean, great because we've said in the past we like their coach.
0: Yep. we think the yep. coach
1: gets it. Yep. But getting it and having that many, um, you know, M- your NBA superstar might be a little different than some other superstars where mm. you know you might have a little bit of. You do in all sports, but getting everybody to mesh, mm-hmm. you know, in the NBA to me would be a huge challenge. Yeah. And so, if he's able to pull that off and get everybody to understand, hey, because you know, when when Towns is out, Reed has more minutes. Now his minutes step back, but mm-hmm. he's averaging more. So if he can figure out the dynamics of the team and put it together, we're not super young. You know, I think we could have some success.
0: Yeah. And what you want is what the Timberwolves have: young veterans. Uh, right. it, it, so that they can go for a seven-game series and have the, uh, the 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 physical stamina to to do that, and and can be young enough and yet understand how to win uh, those uh, tight games. And I can't say the to have a lot of guys that know how and have done uh, winning the the playoff games, as you chronicled as well. But you know, no time like the present to, to try and learn uh, for them right. here with this postseason. Hey, uh, uh, baseball opening uh, day is tomorrow. I always wear some Twins gear on that particular day. It's, you know, it's my sport. That's my favorite one, of course. But uh, but opening day for the Twins is a big thing. Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, when that happens, you know the Masters is shortly behind. This is a great time of year for sports fans.
1: Yeah, I'm glad the Twins aren't opening in, in the local uh, uh, right. baseball diamond here in Spicer where I live because we struggle. Yeah, that's uh, right. Th- the amount of snow that is still around, you know, Hard for me to jump into uh, excitement for baseball yet when I, when I back up and I still have a five foot drift in my driveway. But yes, uh, I'm guessing the where do the Twins open?
0: Uh, They're in Kansas City tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And a little uh, bit south. What's that?
1: A little bit south of where we're at. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Should be better. Game supposed to be at Target.
0: Uh, April, let me
1: look up the
0: calendar. I want to say it's April 7th, next Friday, or the 6th, one of the two. Okay. Yeah, so a week on the well, road and then home. But
1: I did see some 50s uh, on the extended forecast, so hopefully, you know, obviously with all the technology, I'm sure there's heating coils underneath the field that they can keep all that, but if you can at least get it in the 50s, uh-huh. uh, you know, I think everybody, it's always fun to see some outdoor baseball, which is, you know, uh, in April in Minnesota, it's it's always a question. Are you going to yep. be able to do it or are you not going to be able to do it? So, right. yeah, exciting. And <laughs> and and, what's your take on the Twins? Do we have an uh, exciting team to cheer for this year?
0: Yes, I'm, I'm really excited, more than I have been the last couple of years, uh, going back to 19 when they won 102 games. I don't know if they're going to win that many. Plus, the balance schedule this year, uh, you know, it's not completely balanced. You still do play your division teams. Uh, but it's 14 games against your division rather than 19. And now you play everybody in Major League Baseball at least one series. There will be teams in the National League that they'll play three games there this year and none at home against them. And then they'll play them the following year back at home and not on the road. Plus, they'll play the East and West uh, more frequently. So you, you might see the American League Central winner not win 90 games. It's certainly possible. Yeah. But that could that could still be a division title for the Twins. I really have them. Uh, you know, maybe as the favorite in the Central Division.
1: Well, I always look forward to those years in the past when the the Royals or the Indians were horrible. Yes. It seemed like you were playing them all know, the time, every other week, and those <laughs> you know you'd go thirteen and six against the Royals, and you'd feel pretty good about yourself as the the Yankees are having to play right. the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. I know, right? So uh, that probably doesn't bode well for the Central, but um, yeah, I I think you know last year what. So I mean, you got the White Sox, you got the yeah. Indians, and you got the Royals. I
0: mean, yep. Yep. the
1: White Sox were supposed to be better than they were, and they weren't. Yep. And and now you know, uh, yeah, it'd be, it's fun. It's yeah. April, yep. and until it gets into October, we never really know exactly what we have. But it, it's a fun season to follow, and the weather's nice, and we all like. Uh, N- nice weather so it's yeah. uh it's an exciting sport to watch from that standpoint
0: <laughs> hey sean we'll see you friday out at the civic center we're going to do the a uh, live todd and friends podcast from four until five out there so people should uh come on by say hello we'll look forward to seeing that uh, we'll see you on friday sounds good thanks todd all right sean bolson uh, along with uh, myself todd bring on the todd and friends podcast it's brought to you by heritage bank member fdic an equal housing lender